0: Hello and welcome to the Arise and Build podcast. This is Jody Grace and we're here to inspire, educate and activate believers in Missouri to steward and protect freedom in every area of life, especially here in the heart of America. We're gonna be talking about what's happening right here in our culture, how it connects to scripture and what we can do to bring our conservative Christian values back into the public square. If you haven't already, I'd love for you to go ahead, hit the subscribe button So you can get our updates and join us as we work together, just like Nehemiah and the Israelites did, to arise and build a wall around the great state of Missouri. Hey everybody, I hope that you are having a great day. We're going to hop back in the book of Nehemiah for a few minutes and talk about chapter 3. Now in chapter 3, God had already given Nehemiah a strategy He had already told everyone what the plan was. And in chapter 3, we see the entire community coming together to work to rebuild this very important wall around Jerusalem. And I'm not going to read any specific scripture, really, and I'm definitely not going to read the whole chapter, but in chapter 3, it goes through names and it tells which people from which family. Uh, did which particular jobs it says that some of them repaired doors some of them repaired gates some of them built different parts of the wall in different places and they all came from different backgrounds some were goldsmiths some were uh, perfumers some were nobles some were uh, fishermen they came from all different backgrounds they came from different places And they all came with a different specific task to take care of. But it was all part of building this wall around Jerusalem that would protect the city and ultimately enable them to live freely, to worship freely and protect the temple. So I believe that we are no different today than in Nehemiah's day. I believe it's going to take all of us. It will take all of the believers working together, praying together, setting about to do the specific things that God's called you to do right in front of your house. We see in in Nehemiah chapter 3 that people weren't running all over up and down the wall. They uh, were just doing right what was in front of them. They were doing the job uh, taking care of the task that was directly in front of them. Everybody was working efficiently. They were working in a focused way. They had to rearrange their schedules. Uh, you know, the goldsmiths weren't goldsmithing um, all day as they had been before. They had to rearrange their schedules and prioritize the work to be done to protect the city and to protect. Um, what God had given them. And I believe that we are called to the same task today. Uh, Lots of people ask me when I'm speaking around the state, they say, "Jody, what should I do? And you know, we live in such a microwave society that I believe people want a really quick answer. They want a step one, step two, step three. And sometimes I can give you specific tasks to do that would be very helpful. Uh, specifically regarding uh, legislative projects. But ultimately, I can't tell you what God's calling you to do. And my in my heart, in my whole heart, with everything that I am, I believe that the only way that we will win this war is by each of us having a personal revival with the Lord Jesus, that we would Come to know him, that we would be passionate about him, that we would listen, seek him first, and listen and obey. And it's in the obedience to what he's asking you to do that we find our victory. So that's uh, my word of inspiration for the day. So I would just encourage you to spend some time with Jesus today, talk to him, listen. Uh, to him. And, you know, maybe make some notes in your journal and then go back and um, confirm what you believe that you've heard, and then get to work on the things that he's asked you to set your hand to. So as we transition out of uh, the more inspirational and fun part of our talk this morning, uh, we're going to shift back to uh, Missouri policy, Missouri legislation. And yesterday we talked about uh, globalism in Missouri. We talked about those interstate compacts, and uh, I get asked often, you know, Jody, how do these policies happen? How do these policies come to be? Because what we know is that Missouri isn't the only state implementing a lot of these policies. Uh, in fact, they're they're doing sweeping reform across the nation, opting us into federal programs, things that standardize and centralize the nation. So how do those come to be? And I want to give you one answer today. It's not probably a complete answer. Uh, the answer is truly that they come from a lot of different places and um, in sev- and probably a few ways, but this is one primary way I'm going to talk to you about this morning. So when we talk about special interests or lobbying groups in government. Uh, Most of the time, how you see them actually show up in the Capitol is through an association. Uh, For example, uh, the Soybean Association, the Corn Growers Association. There's an association for the doctors, for the nurses, for uh, the hospitals, Missouri Hospital Association. There's an association for the convenience store owners. There's an association for literally everything you can think of. The police have associations, the fire the firefighters have associations. Everybody has an association. The associations are private, nonprofit organizations, and their members pay dues. That's how most of the associations raise money. They also have additional fundraisers uh, that they do. And one of the jobs of the association is to represent their members in government, uh, they lobby. This is what we call a lobbyist. Most generally, they're representing an association. Now we also have lobbying firms who, you know, contract out their work. But oftentimes they're representing associations, even uh, if they're a contracted lobbyist for an association. The associations have lobbyists working on their behalf within the government, and this is what we call the special interest groups. So one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that our legislators also have associations that they belong to i'm going to give you a couple of examples this morning and i discovered this i'll put these on the blog i'll put it in the show notes so you can go look at all the images and click the links and find it all for yourself but um inside the missouri ethics commission website you will find um an uh A filing for each candidate, their campaign account, their campaign fund. And they're required to submit reports on a quarterly basis on the things that they spend money on. Well, you'll find within Dean Plocker's campaign, he's our Speaker of the House, you'll find in his um, MEC reports that he attended Uh, the ULC Legislative Conference and the SLLF Legislative Conference. Those expenses are listed on his report. And so when you do a little further digging and you look into what those associations are, you will find that the SLLF is the State Legislators Leadership uh, Foundation. And what that is, is a bipartisan so there's Democrats and Republicans um, in this membership in this group this foundation and they meet at least on a yearly basis probably have other meetings throughout the year and definitely other communications throughout the year and they meet oftentimes on college campuses and um, take advantage of the access they have to academia to different professors professors and experts in certain subject matter, and things like that. So this association is actually an association of your state legislative leadership. It's House speakers, it's Senate pro tems, it's floor leaders, and things like that from across the nation. It's people from across the nation who have leadership positions in their state legislatures, regardless of whether they're Republicans or Democrats. They come together, they have a powwow, they talk about policy, they talk about the things that, you know, they want to see happening. And oftentimes, these associations uh, write policy, they write proposed legislation. And so they talk amongst themselves, they have their own priorities, and they have already prepared the bills, the legislative language that they encourage their people to file, so from that association then we have this policy language that's distributed among all 50 states throughout all 50 state legislatures. And that's one primary way that we see this sweeping across the nation of the same exact policy. And one thing that our legislature our legislators here in Missouri and most likely in every other state across the union is one thing that they like to say is, well, what are they doing in other states about this particular topic? And I think that's a great question. You can oftentimes learn uh, so much from what someone else has already done before you. So if, if, let's say, Arkansas passes a great piece of legislation, in fact, I'll give you an example, they passed the ban on the medical transitions of their kids before we did. So we were actually looking, um, let's see, it would be two years ago, I guess in 21 and 22 at what Arkansas had done, how they had passed their legislation. And so, you know, we took notes from that process. We had legislators here talking to legislators in Arkansas, um, just, you know, brainstorming picking their brain asking about how this process went trying to learn everything they could learn so that we could be successful here in Missouri and I think that you know those types of things that type of brainstorming and um, collaboration is wonderful we need it it helps everybody learn and grow but there's also a downside to um, everybody doing the same thing when you see these national organizations pushing out identical policy across the nation, you can almost guarantee there is some sort of agenda behind it. So then you start looking at who's funding that organization because they're private organizations, they're nonprofits, but they're privately held, they're not government entities. So they have their own agendas. Another one is the Uniform Law Commission. Again, it's a private organization. Now, the Uniform Law Commission uh, is supposed to deal with bipartisan, non, uh, like the things that are not the hot topics, just the general uh, welfare of the people, things that don't uh, really take a, one side or the other as far as uh partisanship goes as far as the hot topics go but what you will see is that they have like a health care decisions act public health emergency authority act and and uh, I would say in today's culture post pandemic even the things that seemed mundane and uniform before we need to take a very close look at that because the people who were in charge of what we thought were the uniform Uh, mundane things, those mundane things really changed our lives when they were put in the wrong hands of people who did not have the best interest of the masses at heart. So, um, but this is another one, Uniform Law Commission. Another one uh, still is the National Governors Association. So we have an actual association for the governors. So we've got 50 governors across the United States gathering together and again this is private. It says National Governors Association but it's not a, a government organization. It's a private nonprofit organization and they have a long list of private partners. Among those private partners are Amazon, American Electric Power, AstraZeneca, AT&T, Atlantic Health, CVS, Google, and the list goes on and on. I just gathered a few that were obvious I thought you'd be familiar with. So we're talking about a long list of private partners. This means these partners are helping to fund the National Governors Association. And we're talking about names like Bill Gates and... um, I would say Soros has his hands in there. Uh, These big companies, these big conglomerates that are supporting the National Governors Association, they're uh, having lots and lots of input. They have a seat at the table in the development of the policy. And then what we see is policy written um, and available at the National Governors Association. They determine what their priorities are And again, this isn't a government association. I'll I'll keep saying it because I think it's worth repeating. I want you to remember these associations are not government or public um, associations. They are private organizations. Yes, they are nonprofit, but they are private organizations whose boards and partners and um, administrators have an agenda of their own. So their agenda comes through these associations, and they write policy. So we have actual lobbyists for our legislators, like associations, uh, basically they're lobbying the, ex- uh, the legislators and even the executive branch to do um, and to carry specific pieces of legislation, and those get pushed out into all 50 states. Because they're associations that gather not just corn growers or soybean growers or business owners, but they're gathering legislators from across the nation. That is one primary way that we see a dissemination of legislative language sweep the nation in a relatively short amount of time. Because it's being pushed down from above. Uh, Through these associations. If you listened yesterday, you heard me talk about um, sustainable development goals and how that got pushed through our federal government through the nonprofit organizations or the NGOs, the non-government or excuse me, the non-government organizations. And this is part of that big picture. Uh, We're seeing things pushed down through these associations, these private organizations to our elected officials and disseminated across the country. I hope that information is helpful. Like I said, I'll put it together on the blog for you so you can see some graphics um, and click on some links if you want to do a little uh, research of your own. But I hope that helps you understand this tiny little piece of the puzzle. I hope you have a great weekend and I will see you or talk to you on Monday morning. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. I hope you found it beneficial and valuable. I'd really encourage you in the next few days to pick up your Bible and grab the practical tools you need to arise and build. Don't forget to subscribe and check out the blog at JodyGrace.com. I'll see you soon.